Welcome back to Less Than 10, an EVE Online small gang PvP podcast. Today, I'm pretty excited to be talking to a very interesting individual within the game of EVE Online, uh, a corpmate and a friend by the name of WebDriver. Hey, how's it going? So I've known WebDriver for like for years now in EVE, um, joined in on some of his escapades. We've done some orca nomading together. We've done some other crazy stuff together, but yeah, we're going to get into like uh, a bunch of stuff of what he does and more stuff on nomading in general, um, which is really cool. Uh, I did a lot of nomading type stuff when I was uh, had really when my kids were like under a year old when you're I was constantly having to get up um, throughout the night and stuff like that. So uh, flying like a cloaky ship and nomading around really lends well to that kind of time constraint. Um, other than that, we're gonna talk about some some cool stuff with the with some updates and stuff going on in the community. Uh, but first, let's kind of just like WebDriver. Why are you even here? What is it? What's interesting about your playstyle? Like, what's like the thing that immediately the thing that if if somebody looks at your killboard, they're gonna see a whole bunch of Tech Three kills, uh, like solo, just you and a couple alts, maybe. Right. So like what what exactly are you doing why does it look so green and good so there's a lot of people who buy expensive ships in jita and there's a lot of people who will immediately take them into a wormhole and try to kill explorers uh one thing i really like to do is i like to put a put put a little explorer in a wormhole but it has like a 400 millimeter plate um the explorer never gets on the kill but there's like an astero waiting nearby to get tackle and then Usually I'll bring a ship in if it's like a non-cloaky or whatever. I'll bring it in from from high sec or low sec, wherever it is. Uh, bring it from outside the wormhole. Uh, so that's usually how I'm able to like catch the T3s, um, just because they kind of go for like an easy an easy target. Uh, but what they don't realize is, you know, there's a tackle ship waiting for them. Right. Because so your setup typically you'll use three characters. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's what I prefer to do. Yeah, but really, two of them is merely for catching, for baiting and catching, and then the third is just is the ship you actually fight with. That's right. Yeah, one of the the bait I don't really care about it. I could just alt tab and forget about that. Uh, but mainly, just uh, pretty much dual boxing, but just tagging along the third character. Nice, because like I've seen, literally, you were flying a Draugr for quite a while. Um, so tell everyone about your yep. Draugr fit. And, but I've literally seen battle reports with like four or five kills with just you, your Tackle Astero, and a Draugr. And, and like four or five cruisers. Like, are you you're li literally just kiting these dudes for like 12, 15 minutes while you're killing them all? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Draugr I've set up, it's a, it's a nano Draugr. Uh, with two skirmish bursts on it, um, evasive maneuvering, and rapid deployment. I don't have interdiction um, maneuvers on there because with the range of the Draugr, you're always going to be within like 28 to 30 kilometers anyway. Um, the uh, the signature radius is uh, 
a little above 140. To put that in perspective, I think that's like a Kiki is what, about 320 or something? Maybe a bit more, like a shield Kiki. Um, so it goes about 4,200 a second. It has a signature about half the size of a Kiki Mora. And uh, it has superior tracking, absolutely phenomenal tracking. Uh, the problem that I run into is I have ran into a bunch of stalemates before, people who just have, you know, dead space, dual reps, things like that, that it's just impossible to break, even completely spooled up with the jogger. But um, basically, they, they can't really hit me uh, most of the time. If they're using hams, I think I go faster than the missiles. I'm not like an expert with application, but um, it's pretty easy to kind of kite around people evade their turret and also missile damage and then with some things when it comes down to like orthrosis and whatnot you just have to know what you're going up against so you know maybe make them waste their clip and then when you see they're on reload that's when you go in to get them you know little things like that can kind of uh help against a spookier ship i got you yeah like i mean so like wormhole space to me lately or what you're doing looking at what you you've been doing it almost reminds me of what Eve was like, small ganging, like five to seven, eight years ago, where you're like, most of the people you're fighting uh, aren't really prepared for you. That's fair to say, right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. And like, that's kind of a thing that's almost lost in Eve now, right? Like back in the day, people could kite around Nullsec Nano around and the responses were although sometimes large in numbers they weren't really large in tactic or or hard counters which generally now the, the case is like you know you get hard countered all the time um so i don't know it seems like it's pretty neat i don't see a ton of people doing it especially like producing the battle, battle reports that i've seen come out of your escapades so i don't know uh yeah it's just pretty neat like what other kind of ship setups are you using so the draugr which is the same kind of fit that a lot of the draugr's people run in in nullsec like in small gang i've seen the fit it's it's the same nano uh long point yeah. fit yeah only difference with mine is i don't use a reactive armor hardener i use an a type nano plate but yeah. um you know i also run it with snakes i don't use genos people uh do say the geno is better I like going a little faster, and I have abyssal mods where everything can last like four minutes being on, which yeah. is plenty, especially if you're microing. You can pretty much just hold something forever. But uh, as far as like other ships, um, I was using a Loki for a bit, but lately I've been playing around with T1 battleships. Uh, since they got the uh, the frigate escape bay, I actually really find that super useful because. Um, I can have a magnate that holds extra cap boosters, and it also has an expanded probe launcher. So if I find something in space, because sometimes people might leave a gecko out, you know, maybe even a ship and wormhole, and I want to be able to combat probe those. Uh, it just kind of like enables me to do do things that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise if the frigate escape bay wasn't there. Um, so the fights have been a little bit less with the battleships because they can't obviously go into C ones. Um, but I, I've had a I've had a good time testing out the Typhoon and the Dominics. Uh, both are ships I haven't really flown too much before, so just giving them a try. But usually I take uh, nano ships into wormholes. Um, I was testing out an Ikatursa a few times. Um, 
flown a vagabond with like a uh, pith x type large shield booster um orthris you know typical lano stuff uh, so real talk uh my main question is do you get tired of killing plated stratios flown by members of wingspan i get more tired of killing dual rep ships i guess because those <laughs> are just so hard to break <laughs> i just i know like i heard for a while like wingspan like we're in local being like watch out it, you know web slash weeb driver is here <laughs> stuff like that because they also like they tend to run out of jita looking for nearby wormhole entr- entrances I, I guess amara as well right and then right. they'll they'll dive in and try to find and kill people and so uh, they're kind of like they end up trapping themselves when they find you because they kind of overcome but yeah, uh, we hunt around the same areas and I would say 90% of the time that I have caught a wingspan agent, um, it's just coincidental. Like I'm set up for something different and maybe one of them's coming back through the chain and then they see like a, like a probe or something on D scan and they go for it. Uh, they've definitely gotten uh, very smart now against the, the usual trick, you know, but, uh, <laughs> But for a while there, I think it was about like every day I was catching one or two of them just uh, falling into the trap. I think the first time I was set up for, I saw there was a polarized Proteus on the on the Z-Kill page for the wormhole system. And I was set up for him. And then uh, this was like one of the first baits I ever did. Because I, I only started doing this maybe about six months ago. Um, and a pacifier decloaked. And oddly enough, it was a pacifier I saw on Z-Kill because I was just... I was browsing Z kill at work and uh I said, Oh, this guy has a this guy has a pacifier. Um he ends up going for the uh explorer instead of the Proteus. So a lot of the times it's just incidental. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I don't know. I like I wonder if we're gonna see more people do it after anyone listening here, if they're interested. I mean WebDriver hangs out in the Discord. You can ask him questions if you need tips on I mean, we don't really need, to, really need to go through your entire setup. Like, I know how you kind of work it, but uh, I don't think we need to go into it too much detail. Uh, but yeah. if you do want to know, I don't know, maybe holler at him, see if he'll bring you along uh, for a couple a couple uh, fights. Yeah, and I, I know before this, because, like, we've chatted about, like, money-making and different things, and I, I remember for a while, and this goes more into our idea around nomading, The especially you... You really focus on nomading like within wormholes most of the time um, where you're not necessarily uh, like setting one place as home. Um, instead, you're kind of like moving through different areas. But I remember you were talking, oh, there was a while where you were like in a, was it a C2 that had a C3 and what you would like roll the connection just to, in order to get relic spawns, right? <laughs> Yeah, like, so it was, it was just an interesting concept because most people who do like relic or data, right? They go into nullsec or they go out of their static or or whatever. But you used it as this like you didn't even I, I think live in that wormhole or or something. You just kind of like you used that wormhole and then you would like roll really quick uh, and just get these these C threes and check them really quick and then just roll again. Yeah, because I learned that the C fives with the C three or C two static have a one bill total mass which uh, means that you can one shot the static with uh 
two Megatrons. So I would find a C5 with a C3 static and um, bring a couple Megatrons in. And I was really crazy about running Relic Sites back then. And I would uh, I would actually just Rage Roll the C5, or sorry, the C3 static in that C5. Okay. Um, and then sometimes I would stay in that C5, especially if it was one that people didn't check on you know, too often. Um, I'd stay in there and even after we're long rolled away from that and uh, just kind of nomad out of it for a bit until I get kicked out or something, you know, <laughs> until they come home. Yeah, and like Payroll was telling me that when he first started playing, because he knew you before we were ever in Kronos together, and uh, he was saying you guys used to do like some Orca shenanigans out of like a Shattered. Like, yeah, this is... <laughs> Please explain. So, so let's let's kind of... Um, we'll move into the whole Nomad Masterclass from this. And then maybe after that, we'll talk about recent fights we've had. So, because this just transitioned so nicely. So yeah, like Webb and I each had an Orca alt. And we he found a Shattered with desirable statics. Because uh, if you guys aren't in the know, uh, Shattered wormholes, you can't put structures in them. But they have unique statics in that you can get them with like multiple K-space or you know, like a, like say a high sec, a low sec and a C3 or something like that. So you can have multiple statics. So if you're set up in like an Orca where you, you know, little minimalist, but you, you, you can't have like battleships unless you're living only in that, you know, I think it's 400 KM3 in the ship maintenance vein in Orca. You can have everything you need and kind of, you know, get content from that. Um, and it was, it was super fun. Uh, I don't know what your highlight through that web, but uh, we we were in one shattered wormhole and we decided we decided to go into another one. So we the two nullsec statics that they had they were like twelve jumps from each other. So we just hightailed it through like nullsec through someone's staging into uh, like uh, ten second MWD align orcas <laughs> in the orcas. Was, you go yeah, like yeah. twelve through null. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think it was Destiny's call. I think it was that alliance when they were in Deterid. That's funny. I believe that's where it was. Yeah, that was definitely the highlight of it because uh, that was pretty. That was pretty goofy. Which I mean, like you know what? To some like, to some people, you're gonna be saying like, "Oh, you guys sound like idiots right now." Like moving an orca was the highlight of it. But you know what? It's like the little victories in that playstyle. Um, you're not gonna go out there and like find these epic, uh, like small gang against the world kind of fights but it's it like those are so few and far in between anyway uh you have to have something to fill a gap and this kind of stuff was super fun what did you guys do for money when you were in the like orca stuff or or was that the goal of the orca stuff or was the goal like uh more more pvp oriented goal was more pvp oriented um i don't I think I may might have had a VNI in the Orca at one point, but I think it might have been taken out once. Um, but it was definitely a PvP, and just to be, you know, people don't expect it that you're able to switch ships, so you can kind of counter them with a different ship that you have in your uh, in your ship minions. Yeah, and I think like a good thing if you are worried about money to do with that is um is to get a an Astero for PvP and just do a, like a relic refit. And if you're if you're null static, because I mean you're gonna have a null or or even like a low class static from your shattered or your nomading hole, 
Uh, you can just go in for relic sites when you find them and just run them because that can be really good income when you find them and it's really quick. So that'd be a good way to do it. I didn't do anything for income. I just stored my loot that I got from things, hmm. which, which actually I'm Adds doing up. right now. Like, yeah, and I'm doing that right now. So um, yeah, so like I recently decided to do this again because Web messaged me with this shattered web, uh, shattered wormhole he found. So I, I moved alts in. I still have my main in Thera. So I just have alts, um, including an orca in there. And uh, it's it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, I popped out of my null sec the other day and fragged like a 700 mil Ishtar real quick, looted that, threw that in the orca. In my orca, I have containers. So everything's organized. And I have like PVE loot and PVP loot. Um, and I also have, uh, I can do like wormhole PVE in the shattered because it's a lower class one. So can easily solo sites if I want to, or try and bait fights, like kind of like how web does with uh, with exploration or, or someone in the sites. It's all about Intel, right? It's like, uh, it's interesting. So it's something you can kind of pop on quickly do. Um, one advantage is like in these shattereds is uh, usually people coming through wouldn't won't like scan the whole system. They just like, they get into it. They're like, oh, it's a shattered, whatever. Maybe they'll scan for wormholes, but they don't have the sites necessarily. So um, you can kind of use that. Like people won't expect you to just log in and have everything scanned. Like if someone's in a relic site. So I don't know. There's It's interesting. It's, uh, it's very against the grain, I guess is a good way to put it, right? Yeah. And then like recently, you and I, I think we're talking about taking that concept and expanding it to uh, filaments because it, like you're you're doing this stuff through wormholes and using those as your like mode of transportation or your your way of kind of like setting up in a specific place but there's the opportunity with filaments to take say two all two characters or three you have your orca with like with everything set up and cloak and then you could essentially just filament into some area in nullsec and do this same kind of activity whether it be relic or dds right like maybe you have a t3 in there to to do dd sites that you find stuff like that and and then you could just filament to a new area later and if you're using the inactive filaments right like you can get to areas that are pretty desirable to do activities or to or you could use active ones to to jump into an area to PvP, and uh, you know you have options of using wormholes to leave as well. So it's like um, that concept, kind of expanding it. Um, like I, I know in the past, like people used to do nomading with like carriers and dreads, right? Like that was the most common, um, and that's kind of fallen off because of Sino changes, right? Yeah, it's just so expensive to move now. But, yeah, but I mean, even even before, I don't think there were a ton of people doing it. Like, no, right? No. Like, <laughs> so like, okay, so the invention, like, adding filaments is really, really, it's really neat because, like, it it makes the bar so much lower, right? So you could do it with just like a couple buddies, or even just solo, where you just you know take maybe an alt, maybe your alt is a hauler, right? Or maybe you have like a three character setup with like a stiletto, a PVP ship, and a hauler. And you got a couple refits, you know, and you just filament around like nonstop. Or even hell, even just one ship, even just solo, 
like a Stratius. Like Stratius is yeah. so versatile. Yeah, or a T3 because you can refit rigs, so you can do whatever you want. I mean, obviously, you can't run like super min max stuff that's really expensive, but uh, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Like, there's so many little tips and tricks. Okay, so let's let's go through this. Starts going through this. So let's say you have a Stratios or or a T3 solo cruiser. Um, you're going around. You run a DED site. Um, you know, now you've got a billion esca loot in your in your cargo. What can, what are you gonna do? So you basically have two options, in my opinion. Well, you have three. One is you immediately just scan away back to high sec and dump it in a station, which is kind of lame because it's time consuming. There's two much better ways. One is eventually going to be time consuming and one is instant, but there's a cost to it. So you could anchor a, a container in space and just dump your loot in there, like put it in a clever safe and dump your loot in there. You could um, you could get like an off D scan space safe somewhere in a constellation. And just anytime you're there, that's like your loot can, right? Uh, which isn't the best option, right? The best option is of using the Citadel um, as a safety mechanic. You guys know what that one is? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, so you can drop loot into any Citadel and then asset safety it too. Uh, but it, it would take 30 days or, you know, whatever. Um, I think it's 30, right? So that's like not optimal but you, there's no real risk associated with it whereas yeah. leaving them out in a can is it's I don't know, it, like that i actually feel like there's not a ton of risk until you actually try to extract right because you can't scan down secure containers uh with probes but if someone catches you or catches your ship on dscan while you're at it they could they could combat probe your ship um, but it's then like, yeah, moving it out of the area could be very difficult. And like, okay, so there's all these little things. It really, with nomading, it depends how many characters you have because one really cool way to nomad is uh, abusing blops. So you could use a blops battleship and you guys are probably like, oh, blops battleships suck. They're so expensive and they're not that good in combat, which is entirely true. They're not, and they are expensive. But if you like fit one, all cargo hold expanders, and literally treat it like it's a bridger and a loot truck. And that's it. You know? You, <laughs> okay. You, you literally then, move around with your yeah. covert ship with, with a covert sino refit if you don't have the extra high. When you want to bring in your battleship, you obviously roam within jump range of where it currently is. You bring it in, and then you put your loot into it, and then you move on. Or if you have a third character, you can really ab start abusing bridge range where you can like uh, move one a ways away, right? You could uh, you could light the Sino on your second tune, jump the blops to it, and then light the Sino on your third tune that's a ways away and bridge uh, your, uh, your first Sino plus your blops over, right? So like, I mean, you can do really dumb things like that. Uh, you guys that are a little more devious probably already put this together that like, you could really move your roaming ship into pretty deep pockets with blue spies, with blue spy covert sinos. Um, not even on top of things, just like into an empty system, right? And and get get through uh, all the ridiculous um, Intel networks. Intel networks now that are plaguing roaming. Well, and then with the so we we're talking about uh, with the frigate escape bay. So say your your main fighting ship is a T three. You're using the blops just as your, you know, your orca essentially, 
And now you have a frigate escape bay that you could put a bomber or a, uh, you know, anathema or something in and have a backup hunter tackler character, right? And then you could bridge your T3 onto stuff or um, just kind of like it, it opens up a little more opportunity in that middle area between an orca <laughs> and, you know, like a stratios, right? So if you, if you start thinking about your blops not as a combat ship, but as a utility, it, it's kind of funny now because it's it's in that middle area where you actually have like some extra uses for it um yeah and you can get it doesn't enough, make like... it yeah it doesn't make it necessarily like that it's going to be super popular but it's an alternative yeah i think it's a pretty good one to be quite honest i mean yeah you're only going to have like five six k m3 cargo hold plus your fuel bay but uh, y- how much like how much do you need like what are you bringing out that's so heavy it's it's like loot and refits and then you can have your fancy refits because you just bring your blops hauler in you know or alternatively you could do combat blops and a viator or a blockade runner you know and then a third you need three for that but and my point is there's just so many different ways to to do it right like um if you feel like nomading is cool like the things i like about nomading is you're not reliant on anyone else for content. It's like, it's the, the, the universe is your oyster. You just go out and, and do your thing. And you know, you're not going to find super engaging PVP all the time. Um, and you're going to be easy to kill. Right. So you kind of have to fly a little risk, risk averse, right. You kind of have to be, or you're going to just get baited nonstop. Um, or you have to be really tricky about it, right? So wormholes are nice to hide in because then people won't see you in local. Um, yeah, I don't know. If people want to do it, like let's have some discussion. Just reach out and we'll chat about it. Um, well, and back yeah. to like the very beginning, you said one of the reasons you originally nomaded was because it gave you the ability to get up and walk away from your PC, right? And like, so that kind of, the I think one of the things about filaments is like, you only have 30 minutes, okay, you filament and you go somewhere, right? And it's the the same idea with, like, a Nomad. Like, if you only have 30 minutes, you could log in, you could, like, check whatever is around you, and then you could walk away from the PC. You don't necessarily have to log off, or if you're potentially being interrupted, you know, by family or whatever, like, hashtag coronavirus, um, you can, you can kind of have a little bit more flexibility than, like, your standard two-hour roam that you have to commit to or something um and that's kind of it's not for everyone right but it's kind of interesting and gives you different options which i think is like one of the whole point to it and kind of why we want to like talk about it another uh something to add onto it um around the time that feral and i were nomading with the orcas um i had actually sold everything under my personal assets um, so I had nothing in any station in the game. Um, my personal assets was completely empty. And um, everything I had was on my person. And if I sold something, I usually just sold it outright in Jita. I don't do that anymore. But um, it, it kind of was like a psychological change. Like I really wasn't tethered anywhere. You know, I could just go anywhere I wanted. Huh. Um, and I- just like it also like just simplified your life right (laughs) yeah kind of getting back to the filaments um like when i lived in the north 
the C2 with the null sex static. I used to uh, roll the null sex static a lot when people weren't on uh, and look for DED sites to run. Um, and I had a Tengu fit. Well, I have a Tengu fit um, that has all the modules I need to run every DED that I like. Uh, you know, I've tried most of the DEDs. I found the ones I really liked. And I made a Tengu fit that uh, can run them all. Um, the filaments would just kind of speed up that experience because uh, I won't have to roll a null sex static anymore. You know, you have to wait about five minutes in between each pass. I had two characters at the time. So that was maybe 10 minutes each time I wanted to roll the wormhole. Um, and the timer on the filaments is 15 minutes, but it, it's a lot less effort because I can just go AFK. You well, know, I don't, I don't have to sit there and roll the wormhole over and over. And you can be scanning during that 15, right? Whereas you had to literally just wait. Like, you'd already scanned a region. You had to wait for the hole to roll to get a new region to start the scanning process again. So, exactly. yeah, you can, like, cover ground while you're, you know, even if it's not a great area or whatever, you can cover ground at least until that timer uh, comes comes due. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, can you guys think of any other, no, like, strictly Nomad content that we should talk about? I mean, worm, like, even just using cloaky subcaps in wormholes, going wormhole to wormhole, like, kind of squatting in one wormhole, going to the next, doing whatever content you want. I think that's interesting stuff. There was that blog from a few years back called uh, Cloaky Bastard, I think it was called. Is that it? That's it, yeah. Yeah, and that dude ran uh, Tackle Proteus pre-nerf, and... Uh, and like four battleships and he was just like out there like stalking wormholes looking for you know like the solo marauder pve players and stuff and every so often he'd get a fight and I don't, it's just super interesting content like i uh I, I ran like a rattlesnake and and a mastodon yeah it was just rattlesnake mastodon both had cloaks and i just like ran uh c3 sites in in that for a while um, I lived in some like French people's wormhole, like, and I occasionally would see stuff on the killboard, but they were just a different time zone, and so they like never bothered me. But I kept like running their C three sites. <laughs> I'm sure they got like really frustrated or annoyed, but like I probably did that for like you know a month plus at one point, and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna move into a C three by myself, and like got a fort and everything set up. But it was like it was. It was decent. It wasn't like good money or great content, but it was, I think that was while stuff was going on with work and I didn't have a lot of like ability to play with other people. And so it just kind of worked out that that was a, a better option. It was, it was pretty fun. I actually got like, people would try to jump me occasionally in the rattlesnake and it was full PVP, right? Cause you, you don't need like a max tank rattlesnake to do C3 sites, right? Like maybe C4s. But uh, so it was full PvP fit, and like I'd have people jump me occasionally, and I'd fight them off or, or something. Like uh, finally, I ended up dying at one point to like a curse plus a varger that like some low set group brought in. <laughs> it was pretty rough, but <laughs> like a little overkill. <laughs> but, uh, nice. but it was pretty fun. Yeah. Web, anything to add to uh, nomading in as, as a as a whole? I mean, I don't know. Recommended, not recommended. What kind of player? What kind of player is one that's gonna want a uh, nomad? I'll add one thing: a player that won't want a nomad is probably one that's feeling borderline burnt out on the game. 
Um, those fucking people right. need to just find some friends to go pew things with. Um, because it it is going to be frustrating from time to time, straight up. I think if you're okay playing solo, then you'll be all right, at least trying it. You know, but if you're not one of those people that can have fun solo or generate content by yourself, I want to give it a try, but definitely need some know-how. You just don't want to lose an Orca over something stupid. Lose a bunch of PvP ships in the Orca. Absolutely. All right, well, let's get into kind of like just talking about recent fights. I've been undocking quite a bit the last little bit, and uh, let's just get into kind of a, a big story time. So I don't know, uh, Webb, do you want to go first? Do you have any like recent highlight kills you want to talk about? So I found a C2, and uh, the structure wasn't owned under what the actual corp was, and it was a tactical supremacy wormhole. They live in, uh, I believe they live in Catch with Brave. I think they're part of brave block um nobody was on in the citadel i don't think uh and i thought you know in case there's someone cloaky here why don't i just throw some bait in there see what happens right so i'm in a loki a pilgrim an astero and an amicus so the pilgrim doesn't do any dps it's just for newts and tackle and it has like an xlasb um the astero doesn't do any dps it's just, just tackle quick tackle and the uh imicus is just for bait so i throw the imicus in there and about five minutes later proteus decloaks and goes for the imicus so i catch the proteus and as he's about halfway dead he's a buffer fit a uh drek warps in and then a loki decloaks and uh so i grab points on everything i can uh, we kill the uh, kill the Proteus. I put ECM drones on the Loki because uh, the wo- the Loki's webbing the Pilgrim. So I want to try to break that web, and I'm keeping Newts and a web on the Drekovic because I don't want the Drekovic to use a cult. Um, end up taking down the Drekovic, and this is like a heavy missile Loki, so it it only does about 400 something DPS. It doesn't do a whole lot, but it's like consistent damage. Um, after a few minutes, I managed to take down the Dracovic, and then the Loki died shortly after that. But it was a little bit of a spooky fight because uh, Dracovics do a lot of damage. You know, they have a lot of armor HP, um, and then the Loki obviously uh, has a long range web on it. But uh, I think just uh, mixing up the ECM drones, getting two sets on the Loki to break that web. So the Drek can't catch up with the uh, Pilgrim on top of webbing the Drek and muting the Drek because Dreks have crappy cap. Uh, was actually able to kill all three of them. And they said good fight. We all said good fight. And uh, we were friendly after and everything. And it was a lot of fun. That, that's fucking crazy. Like, I don't know, man. The, <laughs> this is exactly why we wanted you to come chat. Because, like, that... That battle report is pretty insane for just you, your characters, and like, I mean, and it's not like they were terribly fit ships. They were proper fit PvP ships. He had a proper Drek with a double cap and Jack, yep. And a dual dead space rep C-type sentence. And uh, the Loki was a single web buffer fit with hams, and he had, uh, oh, he had javelin loaded, so. Um, but yeah, they had like the... Uh, 
they had warriors on the pilgrim and it has like an 83 percent explosive resistance shield um and i was wrong it's not an xlasb that one in that fight actually had a pith x type rep on it so it was like a it's like a 1.3 bill pilgrim <laughs> it's pretty fun though well yeah sounds like it i mean jesus so i'll talk about a couple different ships that i've been flying so the first one i flew was um I flew an XLASB snaked dual prop Vagabond. Which, like, you'd, I, I mean, like, most of the people flying Vagabonds right now are flying uh, the, uh, like, the AC, you know, LSE XLASB fit, right? So I decided not to. And it's interesting fitting it because you have to be so careful about usable shield boost amount because... Uh, the Vagabond gets a shield boost bonus, and it doesn't have a lot of raw HP. It has really good resistances, but it doesn't have good raw HP. And when you're talking about how much an XLASB boosts, you have to look at that number because, like, if you popped a pill, for example, your effective boost is basically unusable because you're going to be bleeding armor every time you boost, in, unless you're just wasting part of your charge, which is a terrible thing to do with Ansel reps. So, yeah, it was pretty neat. I, I I saw some fits other people had been using, and I kind of changed it up. I went with a single core defense field extender and then a resist rig. Um, and it was pretty cool. I got up under some stuff. I rammed some stuff. Um, I lived. I was trioing it with uh, Omnaria and Jocastus. We were flying uh, Slepnir, so it was, was nice. I had uh, skirm links from a Slepnir. And uh, what was Omnari in a phantasm? Yeah, and we we like were filamenting around. We ended up in Pravi, and we fought some dudes there who are um, the Rogue Consortium. They had some dudes out. Uh, There's like some brawling megas, like brawling battleships. They had this was right after the changes, the surgical strike. So they had they had some nagas out, some like buffer blaster nagas, which were su super cool. Nice to see that. But uh, I'm, it's just like a new world, man. Like. Ever since that patch, I feel like people have been flying bigger things and less frigates, which is really cool because it kind of fixes like I like I hate the projection meta of like, OK, there's two things. I hate projection where like people just feel the need to come on grid with like things they can decloak and instalock and track anything like the Hakates and that kind of right. stuff. Right. Like I hate that. It's just so terrible to fight against. And then the other thing is like I hate when I'm flying bigger stuff, there were just so many Jags and stuff out before. I barely see any Jags now. Like, it's excellent. I don't know. People don't fly Ram Jags again. So that was that. Have you guys ever flown like dual prop Vagabond or anything like that? I've only flown the Micro Warp one with the XLASB and LSE. And uh, in a Bling Rep one, but never a dual prop. Yeah, and I fit a Scram on it too. Like, it wasn't... It, it Like, you can kind of kite. The idea of it is like basically you know, isolating people and then turning on them and getting under guns. You just have to be careful against grapples, right? Because if you just like ram a grapple battleship uh, and you get too close, you're, you're going to be stuck, right? You're fucked. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and like it had some stupid, like there was like 50k EHP in the rep. It's dumb in the Ansel charge, in the Ansel, like in the whole clip. So it's, it's pretty tanky. Um, 
great resist profile. So there's that. The next ship I was flying, which I just lost today, <laughs> but it was a uh, um, dude from Tuskers put out a video with an armor material, Ta uh, Takia, I think his name is. Anyway, it's flying one of those and we were roaming out of there. There's like six or so of us and we jumped into fraternity and they just, it was Yan. Yan had scouted these dudes and he's like, yeah, there's some guys here. It was like one jump out of there. So we jumped in there, warped over, jumped in and Yan's on grid. And I'm like, Yan, there's like a fucking blob here, dude. And he's like, oh yeah, they weren't here like 30 seconds ago. Huh? Like, this is why flying with Yan is fun. <laughs> and, and as he's saying that, I'm like de-scanning and there's like literally 20 more ships that are on D that aren't on grid yet. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So all of us that had jumped in, like burned back to gate, um, all, a bunch of them aggressed, but we all made it through except Yan died. So, <laughs> <laughs> right? So we jumped through and I'm like, all right, guys, like let's just align back to Thera, burn off the hole a bit. We did so, we warped back to Thera, they followed. But this is where it gets interesting. Thera hole was crit. And I have a, I'm in a material. So I'm like telling people to jump, jump, jump. And then I go through and the hole didn't close. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be, there's like 40 people in chase, right? <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be good because they had a material too. So I was like, there's no way if that material comes through that it's not closing. So yeah. I'm like, are they going to follow? Sometimes like you guys that don't live, don't wormhole much. If you're listening, like quite often groups won't come into your wormhole. It's like this line. It's like a line in the sand that they do not cross, right? Some people will, some people won't. So anyway, they did. So they came in, we saw there's like Saber, Saber, Caracal, uh, Cinnable, Gila, I think it was, and the Macarial. And yeah, that's all that got through, it closed. So now it was like about 10 on five or whatever we had, right? So I was like, perfect, this is a fight we can take. And everything rammed my material right off the bat the two sabers had scrams so i'm just like we killed the caracal i'm like hollering like I'm, i have a grappler on this thing which worked really well because the sabers absolutely rammed me so grapple goes on and oh they had a vigilant as well that was on me scram web so i was going nowhere but so grapple i'm just like grappling things obliterating them i'm dropping my grapple before they die putting it on the next thing so the speed will have a chance before i tell everyone to obliterate it and those things like they lasted like four seconds as soon as we started applying damage you know my auto cannons tearing into grappled for stuff right up on me it was super fun um i'm i'm repping it's got like 80k 80 90k ehp i believe and like 50k in the clip in the ancel rep clip the armor rep so I'm repping like crazy, heated, I'm heating my guns, I'm grappling things. The Vigilant like died in two volleys and now there's no more scrams. So I just, I turn, I'm, I'm tackled like Warp Disruptor. So I try and kite it out a little bit. I'm bleeding structure, like no sorry boys, this is just too much damage. So I MJD out and leave and then they clean up the rest. But the, their Macarial got out and I think their Gila got out. We, we killed the rest. So that was a super fun fight, it was neat. It's just nice like, like when a blob, maybe they knew it was going to collapse. I don't know. And they just wanted content, but like, fuck, I get blobs so much that, you know, fuck it. Like it was, it was good to feel like I made them take a fight on my terms rather than the other way around. You know what I mean? I think that's part of the reason they like most of the time won't jump the hole is because they're just like either not familiar with the mechanics enough to like check 
the maps ahead of time or they just assume like that if they jump the hole they're gonna get obliterated which is is not really accurate like <laughs> most of the time you can jump into someone's hole and then just burn back like especially if you have them outnumbered by a lot but in that situation they jumped in and then they're stuck <laughs> it's pretty rare small gaggers set traps right like that's not yeah, really a right. thing we can do if we had more people we'd come out of the wormhole and fight you like yeah right so i don't know that was fun and then i fed a lashak uh remember the filamenting thing we talked about i did that with two two characters actually i filamented my orca actually i brought my orca along but i, I was orca lashak tengu uh and i had a bunch of other ships so anyway my first filament was in stain and they hadn't scouted my Lashak. I think what happened is they, I think they scouted my, I think they saw my Orca briefly on D. So they must have preformed. So anyway, like 15 minutes later, I warped my Lashak in because I baited a fight with some, like a Kiki and a Saber and some stuff um, with my alt. So I warped my Lashak in, killed the Saber, and then the Crow dove on me. Um, I was running like a dual Rapala Shack. And then suddenly a Sino went up. So this is this is pretty shitty experience because a bunch of blobs jumped in and a carrier. And I was like, okay, whatever. They're like a little ways off. Like the Sino was at range. Um, except there was a widow. So the widow locked me up, and before I could successfully shed the crow, I was permagammed. Uh, for the entire of the fight, the entire thing, one cycle didn't land. The widow was at like 80. One cycle didn't land. So all I could do is lock up the widow and like, you know, fucking pray. So I'm waiting. Jams dropped. I locked up the crow. I staggered my newts on it. I capped him out. I there the scram dropped. So I immediately hit my MJD and my prop. I was pre-aligned, but the warp disruptor didn't drop in that cycle. So, and since heavy newts are such long cycle time, he regenerated enough cap that I, I was fucked. There another jam landed and, you know, no can go. So it was pretty painful. Like I literally repped them until carrier fighters started getting on me and they were hurting quite a bit, but I don't know. Yeah, it was like, there was no fight there. It was, it was pretty terrible. So anyway, I fed my my nice Lashak first filament. So yeah, Nomad, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's like sometimes it goes great. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it dies very quickly. <laughs> and then I had to scout, like I filamented like three more times trying to get my Orca, like finding a nearby wormhole chain back to high sec, which I did. So I got it. I got everything safe, but. Yeah, I don't know. So that's probably in, like, oh, and then one one more thing I've been flying. This is like just me talking about shit I've been flying lately. Um, is an interesting cheaper fit. It's a cyclone. It's a heavy missile launcher, launcher dual skirm. Um, you basically you run like a micro drive and an ASB, and then you have your three mids. So like, you can run long point web paint is what I was doing. You can run like long point damp damp like you can do some weird e-war things you basically have three mids for tackle or or utility whatever you want um and then in your lows you're running some nanos and bcus 
uh, you run like some resist rigs. So you get you get a pretty decent tank out of it. Like it's like 26 or so K EHP plus a buttload in the clip because of the um, shield boost bonus it gets. So it, it's like really quickly self-linked. You can get like 2200 with some quaif. Like it's pretty sick that way. It's like 100 mil. And one thing I want to mention, which I think people are overlook, is the the range of of links on a battle cruiser compared to like a backpack. It's really nice when without like too much work, without too much, you know, precise positioning, you can give your links to your gang if people get like, you know, more than 30 off you, which is I don't know. I, I think that's an aspect that people probably overlook. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean I, I think it, what it comes down to a lot of times is if you want to dedicate a person versus dedicating an alt to links, right? Like that's kind of in my experience when the decision gets made to do backpack versus battle cruiser. Now I do I do like I love flying battle cruisers, and the more recent changes have made it much more enjoyable to fly them. Um, and so that's kind of like. I think we're like I've flown a very similar fit that you're talking about in small gang um, kind of stuff. And uh, it's, it's fun and it's nice. And like you provide a utility. The only reason I don't like the cyclone that much is like heavy missile application, but like it's yeah. Like I, like I love flying hurricanes or hurricane fleet issues in gangs, stuff like that. And you do, especially with a mind link, like you have, better range and you can link people uh you know more efficiently i'd say and uh and and then like also if you have like two people or something uh you can spread out your links in terms of which links you're providing much more effectively right because you i mean either way that you look at it your backpack is eventually going to be limited like three max right yeah Uh, so like, I think doing, like, say, I wouldn't want to take this unless your gang's, like, f- at least four, right? Four to, to six. Yeah, four or five, thing. yeah. So, like, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool to have maybe, like, a Brudix Cyclone or, like, a Cyclone Drake kind of battle core, battle cruiser core for Lynx. And then, um, and then yeah, then, like, something with some heavy damage and some something that can shred tackle. But, like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of a neat thing like you can really punch above your weight with giving your your gang links like that i don't know and it's 100 it's 100 mil yeah that's the other nice thing about like t1 battle cruisers is they are so inexpensive faction battle cruisers are getting up there but (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i don't know nice and cheap perfect it's like the perfect five-man yeet ship like Cool. Uh, anything, any other like uh, engagements or like fights you guys want to talk about? Um, I don't know if I ever talked about like I was playing Logi. I haven't played recently because uh, I had uh, a, um, like my parents are elderly and they were moving and uh, that's been going on the last like week and a half. And I also uh, replaced the front end suspension on a Honda like for fun but that was that was a solid couple uh, couple days couple weeks of work um as just like a hobbyist person and uh yeah so but a while back we did a, a 
like our our stuff out of Thera with um, confessors and and Logi, and I was flying Logi and looked back at like the video of it. There was one point where we had two Kikis being held, like it was just two of us in Logi, and uh, we were like holding them just barely at the same time, and then like it was I don't know maybe like one of the enemy caracals switched to one of the other Kikis, and then like we tried to coordinate reps and splitting <laughs> and it like just barely didn't work. But, uh, but it was a really fun, uh, like I usually am flying either like some sort of anti-tackle or like a battle cruiser. And back when we did Alliance tournament, I flew Logi frigs. Um, I was kind of like one of our backup, like Logi, like I think I was, I was technically probably like third tier cruiser Logi, but then I was, uh, w- one of our two Logi frig pilots, and we'd build this like rapport for communication, and that started happening actually pretty quickly because it was one of the other AT guys that we were fly- I, was, I was flying with who was in the Logi, and uh, it's just like really fun to to kind of like be in a different role than I usually am. So um, I don't know if I'll find the battle report or like post the video, but uh, I yeah like. I think switching over to another role sometimes is really, really entertaining um, and can can kind of like it also like helps improve your other skills um, as anti-tackle or as, uh, you know, a DPS dealer, because you start to realize like how your positioning affects other people, especially Logi. Like if you're if you fly Logi, you start to have to really look at how everyone else is flying and um, and kind of like figure it out from there. So. Yeah, for sure. One thing you just mentioned, like uh, AT, and we can't get through this episode without talking about the 5v5 stuff that's been going on. So I think this, like, so DTM had his championship series stuff going on, and I think there was some kind of some discussion there that spurred some people to kind of, you know, I don't want to say, like, shit or get off the pot, but, you know, like, start running some of their own stuff uh that's like a, a little more at mentality than like the 1v1 kind of 2v2 meta metas tend to be which is cool because it really uh like supplements the championship series really well i think so there's a discord we'll link it in the show notes and you can join it and they they do a really good job they put a lot of effort into making this really cool draft it's 5v5, there's picks and bans, much like the popular MOBAs, kind of as you go through and, you know, like, you pick a ship, you ban a ship, you pick a ship, you ban a ship, you pick two ships, you ban two ships, etc. Um, So pretty neat point system. I've really enjoyed it. Like, my schedule means I won't be able to be part of a team because, um, like, set things are really difficult for me to make. I have to basically make them myself. For me to be able to make things hence this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so you know like i don't know it's awesome i think uh I'm, i've been watching it on twitch it's really great they're getting more efficient at the match because one cool thing about it is like so you do the draft and then they have a time frame where you're allowed to theory craft and do your fits because you know you can't like have all your fits done beforehand right i mean you can have stuff kind of roughly roughed out but what if your ship gets banned right so you have to get your you have so many time much time to get into your ships before the match goes and what they've started doing is like having more than one going at once so like they'll have a draft right and then during that 
uh, time when the teams are theorcrafting and fitting, uh, they have a, a second draft so that like by the time the event starts, the second draft is now doing theory crafting and then there's a short break and then a second match. You know what I mean? So it, it's much more enjoyable to watch than at the beginning when they were just kind of learning and, uh, you know, matches, it would take quite a while between matches. So it, it's really neat. Uh, awesome job, guys. Way to go. Super fun to watch. Good job. Uh, Casper's really involved in that. And I think Wild, Wild Things was really involved in that. Those guys were on the show uh, a couple months ago. So, yeah, I don't know. Check it out. I will actually, I got a message today and so I'll, I'll be participating uh, at some point and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. It's like, it's one of those things I don't think I'm, we're going to be like super hardcore, super sweaty about, but it'll, it'll be fun to kind of participate in and challenge execution wise, uh, you know, as well. Um, and then what else should we talk about? Let's, uh, I mean, I know WebDriver is stoked on this one. So CCP recently announced that there's going to be a new power state on structures. And after a week of being unpowered, they're going to enter this state and they then won't have any, any reinforcement timer at all. It's basically you show up, you shoot it and it dies. What do you guys think? I mean, if you haven't been manning it for that long, because it's got to run out of fuel or not have fuel in it, right? Like to even get into, to go to low power. And then you don't do anything for a week. Like it's, yeah, uh, I think it's fairly reasonable, especially with like, I look at how many structures in Null are just chilling there. And I mean, now you can still game the system by just cycling things on and off once a week or something but i think it makes things much more vulnerable and i think structure proliferation was was and still is kind of a big big issue i think um at least it's annoying and uh i yeah i feel like it's a step in the right direction i'd still like to see more stuff done around tethering and uh you know something goes into low power or something maybe it doesn't get tethering but um hey uh, anything that kills citadels, I'm okay with. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a June 2nd is when the first structures will uh, enter the abandoned state. And um, I don't have the notes in front of me, but didn't they also say there's no tethering on abandoned structures either? Uh, I, I I'd have to look. I don't recall off the top of my head. And I don't have it in front of me. Uh, dude, I'll trust Web on this one. Uh, I mean... Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> Where are the notes? <laughs> eh. Like, I guess what I meant is more like I would like, I think I've talked about this before, but in general, with structures, like, I would like it to be more of a trade off, right? Like, I feel like tethering is very powerful and it's very provides a lot of safety. And I feel like in order to have it, there should be a trade off. So, I, I don't know. I've talked about my ideas around tethering being tied to specific structures, like, Maybe your mining structures have tethering because, but they're not as offensively capable. But you know your Fortizars or your uh, your uh, your other your Keepstars, whatever, don't necessarily get that. And then that opens up the door for like, for instance, point defense systems. Well, if you don't have tethering, then those ships are vulnerable to their own PDS. So then you actually have to think about it before turning it on. Like, that's actually one of the biggest things that annoys me is like how there can be 50 ships tethered on a, on a structure and you turn PDS on and like it, it doesn't touch them. I don't know. It just 
stuff like that is kind of what I mean around that idea of like expanding that mechanic to have more trade off. But then again, I'm just like, you know, small ganger crying about null sec influence. So <laughs> I realize I'm very biased. <laughs> right. The abandoned structures will have no tethering and no asset safety in case space. So that, that was that was the big one. The, yeah. 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 Okay. That was the big one. I knew the hangar container thing. Um, basically, people are going to be finding these things and blowing them up. It's uh, just for the chance of loot, which is nice. That'll be good. I think that's really yeah. good. I mean, I know. So, okay. So, like, so, like, I really like this. It's good. Um, they definitely need to do more on structures. And I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty neat. It's pretty good. I think there's like the proliferation of structures is just obscene. And something that was kind of talked about, it, you know, it was a thing that, you know, structures were going to replace posses, right? Everyone knows that. And there's a lot of talk about feature parity, but like, man, there is no feature parity. Structures like, give me a break. Your fucking pos runs out of peel, fuel. It just, the bubble would go down and everything is vulnerable. Like, it's just, this is an example of how overtuned structures are slash were and them making the correct change to have feature parity with posses. And I know everyone's going to say like, oh yeah, but a pos would automatically shoot things like, Give me, give me a fucking break, dude. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. Anytime you're in a situation where, uh, like, being on grid with the POS it is, like, going to get you kills. Like, if you're in that situation with a, with a structure, there's someone manning the structure. Yeah, so. like, you're going to die way faster, actually, I feel like. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's cool. That's a cool change. I, I like that. Yeah, and uh, some of you guys might have noticed we're late by a week, so I just wanted to publicly haze blood. Uh, yep. Because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, because I can't figure out how a calendar works. Like, we, we scheduled it, like, a week and a half to two weeks ahead of time, and I was like, yep, I'll be there. And then, like, night of, I didn't answer my phone. I wasn't answering Discord. Like, I was, I just got, like, focused on that car thing, and... I just like it was, yeah, it was yeah. all on me, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was like, Yan was like, yo, aren't you guys recording? And I'm like, no, no, blood, I don't know where blood is. He's like, you don't know where blood, well, I'm going to call him. I have his phone well, number. I'm like, oh, that's the it's thing. Cool, man. I don't, like, I'm sure it's, I'm sure he just is distracted or something. It's fine. I'm not sure he actually called me because that I would have like gotten because I had headphones in. So I just, yeah, if he would have called me like that, would have been dope. Uh, and he's like one of two people in Eve that has my phone number. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we should have gone that route. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll take more proactive measures in the future, or I can just yeah. like you know be an adult and actually manage my schedule. <laughs> you, you could also give me your phone number. That'd be that'd be yeah, an okay thing to do true. too. Yeah, that's, that's I'm, a good I'm, an, I'm an okay human, blood. I don't know. You might dox me. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah and uh so let's just move into shoutouts and kind of wrap this up it's been a good pretty chill just like chatting episode um i'm uh which is kind of what the basis of this podcast originally was not like a news podcast not an interview podcast just like dudes talking about spaceships and roaming so yeah uh my first shout out or my well 
we're gonna have to give two shout outs my first shout out is to our monthly patreons thank you guys so much quickly gonna name you guys off alexander uh binary Seder, Corey, constantinos january valentine and zalorb much appreciated guys uh yeah massive thank you and my second shout out is to my old homies in noir they are relaunching noir academy right now which is a super cool pvp kind of like school program where if you're a newer player or someone who just has no pvp experience they'll just take you in and they do classes like learning based classes and roams and stuff like that and have like some criteria to get you through and kind of graduate it um and yeah they're a super cool group of guys right now they're focusing on eu time zone so uh because this was a week late i, I was timed nicely but i think they just started so if you are listening and you want to do this, just go do it right now. Don't hesitate. Oh, uh, my turn. Um, yeah, I, uh, I hadn't really thought about shout outs too much, but, um, I wanted to give a shout out to old homie Jocastus. Uh, I was kind of hanging out and chatting with him the other night and, uh, yeah, he's a good dude. I appreciate dude, him. I've been roaming you know? with him a whole bunch lately, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, me, yeah. Him, me, him, and Anaria have just like we're in a chat channel together, and we just like, all right, who's free tonight? And it's fucking game on when when the three of us are on. I see how it is, you know, yeah. secret chat channels and and all that. Dude, I messaged you the other night. <laughs> Don't well, make me post our Discord <laughs> chat history in the in the show notes, dude. I will remind you. I logged in and I was in Thera ready to go that night, and for like an hour and a half, nothing happened. <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> like I was ready to go. <laughs> oh, is that is that when we had already eaten or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Like I I think I got there and then yeah, basically I got there and I was like, all right, cool. Like once you guys get back to there, like I'll just you know we'll I'll go out and then like you got back and then you're like I'm out. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It was like literally I think me and Omnaria left online and we we're just like, all right, like, uh, whatever. <laughs> So, but I, you know, I've been using opportunities like that to move in some fun, uh, like not hardcore, like, like I moved in a Tempest into Thera and I've just been moving in some ships that I think will be pretty and enjoyable to kind of, uh, play around with. And, um, I think with like the new changes, I think I, I'm really actually interested in auto cannons and in specifically, uh, the 650s instead of the 800s. And because okay. there's so much more fitting room on a lot and you, you get a little bit of tracking. So like the Tempest that I brought in, um, it was it's six fifties and then I got two tracking rigs on it. And so you still get really good damage and decent range. Um, but like the, the trade-off, right? So I was able to get more fitting room, which with the Tempest with two heavy newts, if you want to go eight hundreds, you usually have to put on a current router and or and it all kind of depends on your armor but i'm doing dual rep armor right uh and i so long story short i'm able to free up some rig space i'm able to make sure i get my heavy newts in get my reps in and then i put the tracking rigs instead of something else because i'm going one web uh just grappler but throwing an mjd in the mids so it becomes kind of like your the armor mac but with more newt pressure and in theory better tracking and so then like if I find myself in a brawl situation against a battle cruiser or a battleship and I'm loading hail, now I get like all the benefits of the, the bonus, right? You get, uh, you, you 
counteract the tracking penalty. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be good, but I'm trying to find ways to use those close range ammos in more interesting ways and make like ships more versatile uh, in ways that, you know, are a little bit more flexible. So for instance, in comparison, right? Take a rapid heavy typhoon and yeah, you can throw in the rage uh, or, you know, um, whatever fury, right? Oh, never mind. Those would be heavy missiles. So that, that doesn't make any sense. I'm stupid. But anyway, uh, like there's other things that are more linear, like using void on a, a megathron or something like that. And I feel like uh, it'll be a little more versatile, especially with autocannons where you have like damage selection. And, and so then it's just like, okay, how do I get the tools that I want and also like counteract the penalties? And so one of the biggest things I was thinking about is a lot of the fits that I was I like and look at have like web and grappler. That way you can deal with small things. Well, if you have Grappler and you have those tracking rigs, you can apply almost like very similar to Desi and Up. It's only with the frigs that you really run into a problem. But in theory, you have two heavy newts. You can stagger. Like it, it provides opportunities. And so that's kind of what Dude, I was playing around try, with. Go play around with heavy web drones on that. So, that, so you can run Grappler. Really? Just try. Just go, be, look, okay. go, go look at the speed reductions and play with it. I'm not saying it's good. Yeah. It's worth looking at. Because they have 10 kilometer optimal. So if you get grappler on something, you can drop webs, drop web drones and instantly put them on. And a set of five heavies is pretty decent. Hmm. Something that people don't really look at or think of, right? Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about it because um, I'm pretty sure I was like, you know, doing the classic mistake of like focusing on the numbers pretty hard. And you get like 1200 DPS if you have like Kaldari Navy Wasp and Hail. Like it's pretty substantial, so anyway. yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, that uh, you know, I've just been doing uh, just doing boring things recently. Yeah. Nice. All right, Webb, any shoutouts from you, buddy? Yeah, I'll give a I'll give a shout out to someone. Uh, he's in my my group. I have a group that's like we do, you know, hunting around like K space wormholes, high sec things like that. And um, this guy, Clem Fandango, he's kind of newer <laughs> to the game. And uh, he's out there. He's trying to make content. He's, like, joining some MPSI fleets. He's trying to do some solo. Uh, he's scanning wormholes. Um, and he hits us up whenever uh, he finds something. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely, like, I think he even uh, recently picked up a nano Hila and uh and he said he said he really liked the one with the uh, LSC and XLASB. Um but yeah, definitely Clem gets a shout out. Nice. Well, shout out to Clem then. <laughs> That's sick. All right then. Just remember, it's not the size of your gang. It's how you use it.